Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Man, what a weekend in Tampa Bay sports. One of the greatest World Series games ever Saturday night. As a local kid makes good as Seminoles. Brett Phillips becomes a hero, and they couldn't keep it going, though. They lost 4-2 to to the Dodgers Sunday, now trail the series three games to two. We'll talk about the resilient Rays, and Tom Brady throws four touchdown passes, rushes for another score, Yeah, but he needs more weapons. Get ready for Antonio Brown. We've got all that and so much more to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, go visit our friends at Old Northeast Jewelers. They've been in St. Pete for a long time, but now they also have a brand-new store in Hyde Park. The address is 1607 West Swan Avenue in beautiful Hyde Park Village. Now, of course, when you go there, you got to check out the Grand Seiko. It's described as the pure essentials of watchmaking, elevated to the level of art. This is not your grandfather's Seiko. It's Grand Seiko. It's the ultimate in timekeeping the ultimate in style, and the ultimate in collectability. Say Rick and Steve send you, and they'll give you one extra year warranty on your purchase. That's Old Northeast Jewelers, of course, still on 4th Street, and now their new location at 1607 West Swan Avenue in beautiful Hyde Park Village. All right, Steve, I am still in uh, Las Vegas, a uh, city that You haven't left sleeps. Las Vegas yet? I haven't. I'm, I'm Nicholas Cage. I went, I went, I went to the liquor mart, and got a bunch of, uh, I got a shopping cart, and filled it up with vodka. <laughs> no, I don't drink vodka. <laughs> Fill it up with bourbon. No, I don't. I didn't do that either. Um, <laughs> you should. But uh, I'm, I'm leaving Las Vegas, but not until tomorrow. As it, as we do this podcast, it is a very late Sunday or early Monday morning. I'm not even sure which. Man, I want to tell you. Normally, it would be enticing to go see. I don't know Barry Manilow down the street, but uh, instead. I sat home on Saturday night in my hotel room, did not leave, and was a good boy, and watched what arguably for me was one of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen. Now, not great in terms of like the just the, the overall you know um, excellence in play. I mean, there were errors, you know, especially the way the game ended. It was bizarre the way it ended. Um, but the way these teams went back and forth, back and forth, and the resiliency of the Rays, and just what a storyline that that game had with Brett Phillips coming up. First of all, there hasn't been many games of, that have ended um, in walk-off fashion, to be honest with you, World Series games, um, let alone one with two outs. So I believe and technically Brett Phillips does not get credited for a walk-off hit. He doesn't. Why is that? Because there's two errors on the play. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so the last at Leave bat, it to baseball to ruin the, that, you know. Yeah, right. Let, let's go ahead and water it down. We'll <laughs> say the last at bat with two outs and two <laughs> yeah. strikes. I don't know. I mean, literally, he was down to his last pitch. Now, this is a guy, by the way, who is my son's age. He grew up um, in the St. Pete area, went to Seminole High School, was was at Tropicana Field, like me and my son, back in 2000 and what was it, eight, when they were in the mm-hmm. World Series against the Phillies. Yep. So imagine, you know, all of us have kids. So many of us have kids um, that, that were part of that, that Rays World Series. They, they, they got to become Rays fans um, for that magical year that uh, the Rays, you know, lost 100 and came back and, and made it to the World Series. 
And Brett Phillips was one of those kids. He's one of those guys. And here he was uh, on the biggest stage, the 27th of, I think, 28 players they even had available. I think only Michael Perez did not play in that game. Who was coming in if it went to extra innings because they had pinch hit for Zanino. Right, right. And, I mean, you know, we can get into the back and forth, you know, the the Kiermaier home run and, you know, of course, Brandon Lau with a three-run jack to give him the lead and um, the way the Dodgers kept getting, oh, my God, the two-out hits that these this team gets. It's just <laughs> incredible. Never seen anything like it. I think they've scored 50-something runs. It's almost 60 outs. now, if not over. <laughs> Is it 60? Okay. Um, what? They just scored another one. Um, and so, I, I mean, it was it was really a, a seesaw battle. It was... Well, you had you know, eight straight half innings with a run scored. Right, right. I mean, you know, it was just Crazy. back and forth. I don't know if it was the greatest World Series game ever, but it was probably the craziest one I've watched. Craziest ending for sure. Like well, one the of the craziest sure. finishes. And I'll say this. Let me. And I know there are people, and I don't know why, that don't um, don't necessarily like Joe Buck. I'm telling you, go back and listen to his call of that final play, and tell me where there's even a comma that he missed. Mm-hmm. He is succinct. He is he is a, a spot on with 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 these enthusiasm and the surprise, and of course, I mean Rosarina, Rosarina doing the uh, the somersault halfway down the third baseline is going to be out by a mile. Pulled a Danny Dimes, da- Daniel Jones. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Him and Daniel Jones they, they tripped on the turf monster, and then you know the catcher thinking it's going to be a close play, so he goes for the sweep tag and misses the ball. Um, it was just incredible, right down to you know Brett Phillips doing the airplane in the outfield. I mean, this 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 whatever it was twenty second clip, um, I've probably watched it a hundred times. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it, it gives you goosebumps every time you see it. And that look, I'm I'm just a I'm a show for a great story. John Romano wrote one of the best columns I've ever had. A lot of good columns about this game, um, and, and but I'm telling you, you got to read John Romano's. It's why we love baseball. It really is. Uh, anything can happen in October. World Series heroes are born. And one of the things that Brett Phillips said that I, I will repeat to my kids, um, and everyone should remember, because I thought it was it was so well said. First of all, he was out of gas altogether. I think about an hour or two after the game, he was still trying to catch his breath. But one of the things he said was, he goes, you know, because he talked about being at the World Series in 08 and growing up in, in, in the St. Petersburg area and going to Seminole and all that. And he said, you know, you're just never that far away from your dreams. Dream big. That was the coolest thing because there he, he's right. He's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was right in that moment and, uh, and delivered. And I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they, they lose 4-2. to two. We can get into that. And now they face elimination on Tuesday. Um, but, you know, for one night, uh, this team showed everything it's about. You know, the resiliency – um, they're not better than the Dodgers if you just hold them up one to nine. You know, they're just not. And even the pitching staff, I mean, you know, their Glass bullpen's now got, better. Their bullpen's better. Their that's bullpen it. is much their bullpen is better, and that's the weakness of the Dodgers. You gotta knock out their starters. They haven't been able to beat Kershaw yet. Um, you know, and and so they're gonna have to find a way to do to, to beat their uh, to beat Bueller um at least once. But at the end of the day, it's like the sum of your parts, right? I mean, this team one through twenty-eight, whatever it is, um, is just one of the best baseball teams that um, certainly the Rays have ever had, and you know, and it's just made for a very entertaining series. The pressure that uh, I got to give credit to the Dodgers for bouncing back, and of course, it's just mm-hmm. the old adage, right, that you're only as good as next day starter. 
which is pretty damn good, as it turns out. Um, but Dave Roberts, I thought he was going to lose his mind when he saw the way that game ended. I mean, I, I, you know, they had that clip of him just holding his head, and I thought, ah, easy there, Dave. Don't, uh, you know, there's still more games to play. Um, and that's the thing. It was they tied the series two two. Of course, it could have been down three one, and this series would be over. In fact, because Clayton Kershaw was able to beat mm-hmm. them on Sunday night. But man, it was just just a terrific finish, and uh, and just a, a great story that that you could not script. Those that's what we love about sports. You can't anticipate that a kid named Brett Phillips, right, on a day where Dan Johnson throws out the first pitch. Remember that guy mm-hmm. involved in two of the greatest baseball moments ever in the race history. Um, you have a Dan Johnson like moment with Brett Phillips. It was terrific. Well, and a few things to note on that play. And there's been so many people have broken down this play. Sure. For lots of reasons. I mean, ta- Taylor's booting in the outfield. Right. But the two things that haven't been talked about a lot, I've seen a couple people discuss, is one, a Rosarina. So he, you know, he's flying around the bases. He trips, heading down third base. Yes. And then he sees the throw coming in, and he turns back to go to third. Mm-hmm. But he didn't turn and go to third. He was watching the play the whole time. He didn't turn his back. That's a good point. He, he kept his head really watching the ball. Point. When he realized the ball gets by, that allowed him. He, he didn't just turn and retreat. Again. Yeah. You're he, right. He kept his you're head right. in the play. And that's a rookie doing that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, presence of mind to watch the ball. Everything that kid's doing is so impressive. It's, it's, well, and we didn't even mention the home run. I mean, he set a freaking mm-hmm. record for home runs well, in the playoffs. And then on Sunday I mean, night, he set the record for hits in a postseason. It's incredible. I yeah. mean, what it, it's, 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 History. I mean, there mm-hmm. were so many uh, historical things, but but a Rosarina. I mean, you know, I I can't wait to see what he becomes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can do this for one playoff, and and you know this. I mean, there are World Series heroes born all the time. I mean, Brett Boone was never a great player, but he's Brett freaking Boone. If you talk to the people, you know, in Boston, um, you mean Aaron Boone? You did, or Aaron Boone? Did I say Brett? Yeah, Aaron Brett. Boone. Brett His did play in the majors Brett. and was a good yeah, he was player, a good player. But- Aaron Bleeping Boone, I should should know this. If I was a Boston fan, I would know this. Um, but Aaron Bleeping Boone, you know, had his moment, and there's been others, Jim Laritz, and 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 you know the Bucky Dent. There's World Series and, and and playoff heroes all the time in October. But for for this, I mean, I want to just see. I want to know the rest of the story. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Like, how great is this guy going to be? It's, I mean, how good is he going to be? And he's done this this postseason without a lineup around him hitting either, for the most part. No, it's, it's it, not it, like it, he's got a lot of protection there. None. I mean, a little bit from Margot, but not really. They mm-hmm. did. I thought Kevin Cash did a great thing in that game. He moved him to second in the order, mm-hmm. and that turned out to be a big thing. Yep, a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And moved Lau down a spot, although and you know. Move, um, yeah. But the other part of that play with Brett Phillips that I don't think it's talked about enough is everyone's talked about the Taylor error. And Smith missing the ball. Yep. And Kenley Jansen, well, I don't know where he's standing. He wasn't backing up anybody. But Max Muncy's relay was awful. He threw a changeup. Well, he threw a changeup, but he's 60 feet away, and he's throwing it to the foul side of Smith. Wrong side of the you gotta of be bag, throwing yeah. it. To, you got to be throwing yeah. it so he, he can throw go to, to the, the inside runner. Into the runner, yeah. yeah right. And he threw a changeup, which was just Cause, awful. Because that way he doesn't have to turn his back and try to sweep tag thinking the guy was going to be there. But quite frankly, I thought he deserved the air, not Kevin Smith. I yeah, mean, that was except, such a bad except, relay at 60 feet away. It wasn't like you're sitting there out beyond second it, trying it was, to throw It was a, a horrible relay, and it, and it was responsible for him thinking that he had to blindly turn mm-hmm. and sweep tag. However, if you see where the ball is... It's a very catchable ball. It is. But you can't account for the fact that, that Rosarina Raz, had, had done a somersault and was still, you know, 
20 mm-hmm. feet from home plate. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, the guy didn't try to swipe tag him. But you know? the other part of that was, and this is where Kenley Jansen, if he was backing up the play, yes. Kevin Smith wouldn't have been so far out to begin with. So when Muncie turned, he's thrown yes. to where he saw him, and Smith was trying to get back to the plate at that point. Oh, they made so many mistakes. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the amount, of, the amount of errors in that play the Dodgers made was incredible, considering they're a really good defensive team. And it was just so nonchalant, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy came from first on a base hit to center field. Are you kidding me? Like, what? how did? I, how is that even a, an option? You know what I mean? Like, it's just a regular – it wasn't in the gap. It wasn't hit hard. I mean, you're coming in. You're charging. Everything's in front of you. Like, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And, and another um, reminder last night, as my wife and I are sitting there watching, I'm like, this game should have been at the Trop. That was oh, a home no. game. I know. Can you imagine how much fun would that have been? I mean, you know, the obviously things don't jumping. even the same, but but I mean that that should have been a home game. And just thinking back to last postseason and the yeah. two games against the Astros, which were incredible at the trial. Oh, I was there at Game Four oh, with my son and, yeah. his, and his girlfriend, and I've never. I mean, it was it was as loud or louder than the World Series back in '98. It was incredible. I just remember, you know, the great relay that um, throw that Kiermaier to Adamas to Darno. Yeah, I mean that was one of the best. Again, one of the best plays mm-hmm. I've seen in the postseason, and 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 that building, uh, that roof was shaking. It was going to come off. I mean, it was that loud, and I can't imagine. Literally, I can't imagine the noise and the fervor, and 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 you know how many people might have fainted <laughs> if uh, <laughs> if they had been there alive. It's probably a good thing when you think about it that they weren't there because <laughs> there might have been some EMTs busy that night. I mean that that could have been hard harder. How to take city, baby? I thought Dick Vitale was going to lose it. He was on the internet. He couldn't believe his raise. That yeah, was incredible, man. It was really something. But, unfortunately, not so good Sunday night. And I didn't get to see much of this. I got to see the last inning, and that was about it. And I got the leadoff guy on. Come on, Austin Meadows, make some contact, big guy. You know, you got to get something out of him. And... um they just uh, they couldn't do anything in the ninth inning, and no, they, the they struggled. They struggled a lot mean. throughout the game. I mean, Adamas just looked lost at the plate tonight. Yeah, no, he, uh, he came up he in was. some key situations in the fourth inning before the play you're going to talk about. He right. came up in the fourth with one out, runners in the corners, and just looked awful. I mean, just struck yeah. out, just kind of like he did late in the game too. He's having um, a bad series. I mean, bad playoffs altogether. Yeah, at the play. I mean, Unlike you know, last defensively, year, he's he, been pretty good. He, he let up. Yeah, yeah, last year though, his bat just mm-hmm. woke up. He was he was yep. a star. Yep. He hasn't let it affect his defense. Other than one game, he had a bad game. But beyond that, in the postseason, he's been good. But yeah, um, yeah and, and the, so in the fourth inning, the Dod, or the, the Rays are down three to two at this point. Glass now, by the way, just the same ball one, same ball glass, two, nibbling just three one. Yeah, three, I mean, just two. didn't ha- he didn't have it tonight. His he was he was releasing the ball too early, too late. It, the pitches he were hasn't all over had the it place. for a few for a few nights in this World Series at all. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, no, no, you know, I don't know if part of it's going up against Kershaw, or though he's still a young pitcher. Although he's twenty seven, but young in terms of experience at the big leagues. You well, start to I mean, you no. start to wonder if the pressure of the postseason. You know, well, kind, sure. kind of the questions you get to, to Kershaw that you know he's Absolutely. gotten for years now. You know, I, he I ain't still Kershaw, think Kershaw though. No, 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 he's not as good as Kershaw at this point, and in you know, it's not as many times as Kershaw either, no. as far as in the postseason and not living up to your to what you think you're capable of or expected. But you know, he's you know he struggled last year against the Astros. Um, you know, he struggled. He's struggling this year in the postseason, and you start going, 
you know, and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's just the pressure, if he's just not, just doesn't have the pitches, you know, and, and it's too early to sit there and say, hey, this guy can't pitch in the postseason or anything like that. I mean, you know, he still held him in the game tonight. You know, he went. He's the first pitcher yeah, to go five innings. He was the first starter to go five innings for the Rays in this yeah, World Series. I know. He gave up four runs, but yeah, um, they, you know, when he left, it was four two. They were in the game. Yeah. Well, listen, you can't win every game two to one or three to two. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and of course mm-hmm. they had to score a whole bunch of runs the other night. Um, but against against Kershaw, and we've said this, they're going to have to beat Kershaw or Bueller one time at least. And you know, we'll see who the Dodgers throw against them Tuesday. But um, it's it's a good pitching staff over there. Mm-hmm. Now, where their weakness is, if you get to their bullpen, you know, you've got to you got to survive their starters, get to the bullpen, and then you got a chance. And yep. and you know, as a, as opposed to the Rays, where if they have a lead, which is critical. And they get you into the sixth inning. The Rays are going to win almost ninety percent, ninety something percent of the time. Yeah, and although Nick Anderson's, he's been oh. a little rough late of late. What six you know what straight outings he's given up runs or yeah, something like and, that. I mean, it's. I remember. It seems to me his velocity is down a little bit, but mostly he's elevated all his stuff. Like his fastball is elevated. He's getting too much of the plate. He was he was unhittable with that slider and that fastball, but he was locating it. You know what I mean? He would get strike one, strike two, um, and he challenged guys. But now it's kind of like center cut, balls up a little bit. Guys can see it much better. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know if, you know, the other, I mean, it's a 60-game season, so I don't know, you know, they didn't work as much as they would for 162. Um, but they also, you know, didn't have any days off. So you don't know mm-hmm. if this is catching up to him. You know, some of those guys in the bullpen, um, you know, I don't know. But, yep. but it, look, go ahead. Just go ahead. No, I was, I, we we didn't mention the the one play. Well, that's that, what I was going to uh, get back to the fourth yeah, inning. So yeah, right. So after Dama strikes out, now you've got Kiermaier up. Renfro's at first. Margot's at third. Margot already stolen second. Advanced to third on a throwing error. Uh, when or I don't remember if they give it to the catcher or the the their Taylor. Um, right. But the ball went in the outfield. So Margot gets to third, and the shift's on for Kiermaier. So everyone's kind of shifted to the right side. Third baseman's way off. And Margot gets a heck of a jump. I mean, crazy he jump. Did. And he, he tries to steal home, home which I can't, I can't tell you the last time in the world. I mean, I think they said, what, 91, 92, something was the last time. Well, of a last straight... guy I think I saw steal home, personally, was like B.J. Upton. He yep. did it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the last time in the World Series, I think, was 2002. It was a double steal. Okay. So it wasn't like a pure steal really at home like Margo did. Yeah, the guy at first goes second, first and then, then he yeah. throws it back to home. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. So but Mar and Margot almost got it. He did. It was I mean, close. First of all, Clayton Kershaw, I mean, to to step off and not get the bulk in that situation. Very good presence of mine. Um and Margot almost got it, but I, a lot of people had issues with that play. And well, if it works, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I mean, the, you know? the jump he got. I mean, I, I think he did that on his own because Renfro didn't go at all. I mean, it was going to be close. Yeah. It was bang bang. You don't want to make it out there, though. Let's be honest. That is not how you want to go down. But you don't. But but you had already had first and third with nobody out, and you and you had a pop up and a strikeout. And they're not hitting with men in scoring position. Mm-hmm. So I get yep. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally get it. And at and, that point, that would have tied the game. Right. And it, listen, if he's called safe, they don't overturn that either. I mean, it was that close. Yep. Like you couldn't, you didn't have enough evidence one way or the other. So since they called him out, you couldn't call him safe. And if they called him safe, I'm not sure you could call him out. So, um, 
that that was that was unusual to say the least. You now, don't see many attempted steals at home. I mean, I know a lot of people had issues with it, but with the jump he got, with the only thing that was disappointing was that it wasn't a right-handed batter in the box. I think it would have made it harder for right, Austin Barnes for sure. to see that. And you were you were commenting coming. on. I mean, Kiermaier. Listen, I'm. I mean, I watched the replay because I obviously was doing the Raiders game, but I I watched the replay and I'm thinking. Why is Kevin Kiermaier jumping out of the box to give the catcher a free shot? Like, you have every right to stand in there, whether he steps off the mound or not. I mean, just because he's not going to throw you a pitch. Stand right there. You have every right to it. And in that way, you know, maybe it's not as easy to – because the ball was thrown way mm-hmm. inside. It might have hit Kiermaier, for starters, but at least would have been something yep. where he might have had to reach behind him to catch it and then been blocked off, you know, from from the tag in a sense – I just don't know why he he literally stepped out as if here throw the pitch out now. You know, well, I think it, out of the way. I, I, look, it caught him by as much surprise as it did everybody else. I think. So. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did, and that's why that's why maybe they need a sign or a signal. <laughs> you know, like something like here he comes. Um, I don't know. It was a gutsy play. It didn't work out, unfortunately. But look, we you know if they, if the Rays were going to win this series, it wasn't going to be in four games, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. going to be in five. They were going to need six or seven, and now they need seven. And I'll tell you what, if they can get to seven with Charlie freaking Morton on the mound, and he didn't pitch that great in his last outing, but game sevens, the game seven, Charlie Morton, you're very happy with. Mm-hmm. You'd feel really good. They did that in the other series, obviously, and they won it. So, yep. you know, why why not the World Series? I Well, I, and, and if, you know, if you're the Rays, you didn't use your A bullpen on Sunday. You got no. the off day Monday, so your A bullpen has had two days off. Good shape. You know, so you you know, look. It, it, you and I were talking beforehand. If Kershaw and Bueller are pitching four times, you got to beat you got to beat them once, and then you got to win the other games. Yeah, you do. So so far, they've won the two other games that those guys haven't started. Yep. I don't think Bueller's going to start Game Six. I think they're going to hold they, him to Game Seven. And as we're taping they may, this, they haven't yeah. announced anything. But they may get another bullpen day, which they're mm-hmm. very capable of, of, of beating up those guys. So you know, you hope Lake Snell has a, a good outing. For game right. six, and then if you can get to game seven with Charlie Morton, you take your chances. Yeah. No, look, I don't think the Dodgers are <laughs> – after what happened Saturday night, <laughs> they're not counting chickens, man. <laughs> well, well I, mean, I mean, when the JV team pulls that on you. Yeah, okay, Bill Plasky. When the puny Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, that's a psych job. He's setting them <laughs> up. He's setting up the Dodgers and Dave Roberts right there. If I'm Dave Roberts, I'm like, really? You want me – you just want to have my job? Is that it? You're going to set me up. No way they can lose these guys. Well, they can lose to them. So, great World Series. But, man, Phillips, that story is incredible. Is, and Phil, that's is, 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 that, is that the greatest play in Rays history? Um, Here's the I mean, problem. you got the Dan Johnson home runs. you got the Evan yeah. home But this is in the World Series. And this it's in the World, the World Series. Series. Evens the World Series. Somebody was asking play. me, is it the greatest play in sports history? Because you'd, you'd have to think of Rondé Barber in the interception against Philadelphia yeah, well, to steal that in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. You'd have to think about Marty St. Louis in Game 6 in Edmonton, or Calgary, I'm sorry, um, in the Stanley Cup Finals to, to take it to Game 7 and then win there. Mm-hmm. So th- those are the two, to me, those are the two iconic plays that got you to a World Championship or in a World Championship. This one, the problem is the context. Like, um, you know, they haven't won the World Series. It wasn't like the no. final game. You know, and so if if they come back to win it, it might be because I, to go down three one to this team, you don't expect to beat the Dodgers three games in a row. Right, right. But does, does Dateless, for example, does David Price closing out 
you know, the ALCS mm-hmm. in 2000. Is that a bigger moment, right? Aki stepping on second and the whole thing. The thing about Evans' home run is simply that it got him into the playoffs, even though while dramatic, I think the Yankees weren't didn't need to win. No, they didn't. And they had already clinched everything, although they, they were up 7 nothing in that game. They were up 7 nothing, and they gave up the lead and everything, but they weren't. Wasn't like they were throwing their A bullpen at them, you know what I mean? Like they were kind of like playing for another day. And I don't know what it it got them into the postseason. Mm-hmm. It didn't, you know? So what, again, great day in baseball, great dramatic home run for sure. And it was the greatest single day that Evan Longoria ever had as a Ray, because um, I think he hit two home runs that day. But you know, mm, and this one lacks context because if the Rays win the World Series, then it absolutely is. It, no question it is. No question. But because it, because they could still lose and lose four games to two, it was a great moment. I don't know if it's the best, the mm-hmm. biggest raise moment. I would still say getting to the World Series the way they did, um, maybe David Price coming in, Aki Ermaro. Well, and, and, on, I mean, in this, this playoff, too, you got to think of the Brasso home run against Chapman as well. The Brasso home run is a moment. That's up there, too. And, 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 and maybe that's bigger than this moment because that got them to the World Series. Much well, like I got them to David the ALCS. Over the ALCS. Yankees, oh, that's yeah. right. Got them to the ALCS. There yep. you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think World Series tops playoffs, but. Yeah, but, yeah, we don't know happen. the context of this yet because we don't know how this wraps up. Yeah, we're up. waiting. I'll say, if they win it, ooh, boy, oh. it's the moment. That's the moment. That's that, safe well, yeah, because series. if they go down 3-1, you probably aren't winning that series. Oh, you're not going to win, no. You would have lost you 3-1 lost on with Saturday Kershaw on and Bueller night. still to go. You lose on Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that was cool. I love baseball, man. Greatest game ever. I know I cover football, but I was a baseball guy my whole life. Sorry, I'm not going to apologize. Sorry, not sorry. But, um, you know, for all the – ra- you know, and look, I, I get it. Baseball right now is how hard can I throw, how far can I hit it, how hard can I swing? There's not a lot of balls in play. There's strikeouts and home runs. And it's for those for those of of the fans that don't know sort of all the silent game that goes on between pitches, it's not there's not a lot of action. It's slow. I get it. I get all of that. But I'm telling you, there's something about baseball, man, that, you know, everyone gets twenty seven outs, you know, and it can go forever. Mm-hmm. And there's no clock. And anything can happen. And sometimes it does. And you just don't get that in the other sports with a clock. You know, eventually mm-hmm. they run out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the great thing. Like, you can never count a team out until the, the 27th out. And so I just love it. And in October, October in Major League Baseball is just special. It's just It just is. Like I say, you get these heroes and, you know, dreams come true. So remember that, kids. Whatever your dream is. As Brett Fellows would tell you, you're never that far away from it. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. All right, speaking of dreaming, the Bucks are 5-2. and two. How's that sound? Hasn't happened much. No. They're 5-2. and two. And dominating. And dominate and look like, I'm telling you, they look like one of the best teams in the NFC. 
They look like they could go to a Super Bowl. Oh, and they're getting better on offense, much better. And the big reason is that, you know, three of those guys were able to be on the field together, and that hasn't happened in a while. They're not all healthy. I mean, Mike Evans is still beat up. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the guy's had, you know, three catches in the last two games. He's not even getting targeted much. He's not getting targeted. He wasn't targeted until the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's Brady, right? I mean, listen, Tom Brady is going to throw the ball where the defense tells him to throw the ball Mm -hmm. almost every time. He's not going to force anything. And that's why, by the way, how's this for, for the last five games? You ready? 15 touchdowns, one interception. Is that good? The last five games. Holy, I don't think you can find a one time Brad Johnson in the Super Bowl year because I wrote about it and John, you know, that was it's when I realized that Gruden only liked you when they were doing well and you were writing good <laughs> stories. And I asked him about because I think at that time, like Brad had thrown fifteen touchdowns and four interceptions at the time I, I wrote a story about it, and then I asked him about it and he goes, "Yeah, I saw your story. I like your stuff." No, you don't. But anyway. <laughs> That was that was the other good good uh, period of Buccaneer football that I remember. Um, but I think that this is probably as good as it's ever gotten. But yeah, fifteen touchdowns and one interception. I mean, he's going to throw. I mean, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's going to break Jameis Winston's record, I think. At least the touchdown part of it, not the interception part. Um, he's getting better, and when those guys are healthy, it's really impressive um, what they can do. The other thing is, two games in a row, he wasn't sacked. Two games in a row, they didn't have a turnover. When this team doesn't turn the ball over and they don't allow Brady to get hit like he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. you can't – they're a tough out. I mean, the Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, their defense is challenged, but they beat the Chiefs. And, you know, this game, I thought John Gruden called a good game in the first half. He was running the football. He was really testing them. But at the end of the day, you know, that the – that defense finally started playing a little bit and Brady was just too much. They didn't, you know, when he can sit there and hold the ball and, and find those guys, he, and he found everybody, right? He got Gronk involved. First play of the game, he missed Gronk. Gronk could have had a hundred yards. Yep. Um, but he had a touch, had another touchdown. That's two and two games getting down the field with those, you know, over routes, those deep over routes. Um, you know, the throw to Scotty Miller, the, oh, the game really, that, game throw, really, that throw in the that corner of the end zone. Oh, that was incredible. The the game really changed on that play because yes. their that two minute drive was was eighty eight yards, and they picked up a bunch of third downs and a fourth down because Brady was just that on top of it. And you know, for them at that point to to go up like that, it it kind of it kind of put oh you know kind of put the Raiders I want to say Oakland they put the Raiders on their heels, and um, they battled back though. I mean, it was twenty four twenty. This game was twenty four twenty. And then Brady got it going again. And then they get the interception from Antoine Winfield. Uh, they score again. So, I mean, they were able to close it, and that's what the defense hasn't done. Um, I thought it was, a you know, Leonard Fournette had a big play on that drive mm-hmm. when it's 24-20. Um, you know, the pass over the middle, and he, and he, you know, it's third and 13. He goes north and south and gets 13 yards, keeps, keeps it going. I thought that was huge. Um, one of the biggest plays in the game probably. And and then the defense. Um, again, they they had some trouble with Nelson Aguilar from Berkeley Prep, and he got off pretty good there. Had over 100, 105 yards, I think he had, and got the early touchdown with Levante David sort of playing him man to man. They changed that coverage, and it worked better. And uh, although Aguilar had a good game, you know he wasn't that. 
And so um, I, I just, you know, the defense was just really good. And I thought the Devin White play on the fourth down on, on uh, oh, Carr devastating. came out of nowhere and, and just, you know, leveled them and stopped them. I thought that was huge, too. By the way, three sacks for Devin White this, mm-hmm. in, in this game. Three. He's got four on the season. He told us his goal was five, and he wanted five interceptions. I don't know about the interceptions. This guy could end up with 10 or 12 sacks this year. I mean, he's that good. And, and, he's, and he's only doing it from inside. He's only doing it when he bum rushes the A-gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's so quick and so strong um, that, yeah, that hit on the sideline. You could hear. Now, there wasn't any crowd in the stadium, okay? And I don't know what they played on TV. But when that happened on the, on the Raiders bench, when he, when he wiped them out and it was clean, you could just hear this, oh, like everybody was, woo. And then, of course, the Bucks were over there. You know, they were crowing pretty hard. Um, but he he brought it, man. He's really he's a good player. Look, Levante David won NFC Defensive Player of the Year of the Month in September. I mean, you could make an argument that Devin White's going to win it in October, and they're going to be fighting each other for Defensive Player of the Year if the Bucks go on and have the number one defense or make it you know deep in the playoffs and that sort of thing. Um, those two guys are going to be battling each other, and both of them I think should go to the Pro Bowl. Todd Bowles that that is the strength of their defense, and you know, I, I, I was, I was overwhelmed by how they played. I thought after you know after the first drive or so, um, they really buckled down and they played well. So here they are, five and two, going to New York to play a Monday Night Football game against a Giants team that's not very good to say the least, and then it's home against, um, you know, their rival, the New Orleans Saints, for Sunday Night Football. And guess what the story will be all week? Antonio Brown. That's mm-hmm. going to be the story, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. And while you were away, while we were away on Friday, I thought I was going to, you know, have a nice evening, make a drink, <laughs> kind of take it easy. And along Watch about the Wisconsin game Friday night? Yeah, right. Wisconsin, oh, and their quarterback, by the way, Wisconsin's quarterback, the five-star like Graham kid. Mertz, is that his name? He hit like this first 20 or something like that. Yeah, Mertz. Um, he was incredible. Threw four touchdown passes. Anyway, so my wife's going nuts, and she's yelling, you know, go Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And I'm in there going, are you kidding me? They did it. They really did it. They 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 sign. They're going to sign Antonio Brown to a one year deal. A guy that hasn't played football. He's played one game, by the way, in about 700 days, and that was the game that you know that he played for the New England Patriots. And then a bunch of assault charges came came towards him, um, you know. And, and before you know it, uh, the Patriots ate nine million dollars. I mean, think of what teams have eaten to get rid of him it's incredible his last three teams have all had to get rid of him and the patriots i think wound up you know eating a bunch of money too like 20 million dollars then he goes to oakland and you know they they void out a bunch of money but they give up two draft picks that they'll never get back and then after that uh he plays one game with the raiders or with the patriots rather and they had to guarantee him nine million dollars that they paid him i mean it's incredible how much this guy made to do nothing um but it 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 just i don't know i would worry as a head coach i would worry i know here's the larger question here's the larger reason why they're doing it because i talked to ba about this and he said it again tonight uh, on sunday night and here's here's what it's about it's it's that when they went to chicago Mike Evans had to had to try to run before the game to see if he could play. That's the second time this year they did the same thing in New Orleans. And you know what? He did play, but he didn't play worth a damn. He wasn't any good. And because he's nicked up, he's hurt, he's got a bad ankle, whatever, right? 
So, I mean, that's a big part of it. Then you had Chris Godwin missing three games. You've had Scotty Miller with a groin injury and hamstrings. Mm-hmm. You got guys that are down, and you got OJ you know, Howard who's out. Not the same OJ position, Howard's, but it's another pass catcher that's out for the season. But it's a big weapon, yeah. And so here's a guy just sitting on his tuchus, and Brady has tried to get him since March. And sure enough, they're going to bring him in, give him a physical. Um, they think they can handle him. Good luck with that, Byron Leftwich. Good luck with that, Larry Foot, and every other you know guy that played for the Steelers that thinks he knows him. I thought it was funny that like Bruce was willing to give him a second chance. I'm thinking like one, two, three, four. No, it's like the fifth chance. <laughs> um, maybe the first one for you. But in a COVID era, if he's not disciplined and all that, I mean, there is trouble in River City uh, potentially. But, um, you know, hopefully hopefully that won't be the case. All right. So uh, it, this is, of course, the uh, City of Champions. And it's not limited to just the Rays and – the Tampa Bay Lightning, which, by the way, Steve Mastanko is really funny on Twitter. Big Rays fan. <laughs> Huge mm-hmm. Rays fan. Now. Oh, had a nice tweet about the Bucks today, too, on their win. So. Speaking, yeah, speaking of moments, there's a guy that had a moment, right? Yes, and actually we found out now that, and I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast, but he actually tore his groin on that goal, in that play. That's um, incredible to me. Yeah, it that, it happened before, he, before he went by Lindell, he felt it tear, but still went on and scored the goal, and then he said it was kind of numb after that. Um, yeah, he said, I think he goes, I think I jumped into Pat Maroon's arms, but I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why he didn't come back and play. So that explains that. Well, yeah, I sure. mean, he had, you know, two more shifts. So it wasn't one of those where, you know, he thought they thought he was just going to be a couple shifts is, you know, he got hurt on that third shift, the one he scored the goal on. So, yeah, pretty incredible play, really. Yeah, it really was. So, uh, speaking of the, the champions, the Tampa Bay Rowdies are trying to win one as well. They're in the USL Championship. They knocked off Louisville on Saturday night 2-1. to one. Louisville had, had like a 13-game unbeaten streak coming in. I don't think they trailed wow. in that whole 13 games. And the Rowdies scored in the fourth minute early, had a 2-0 lead at halftime. And then, actually, the Rowdies scored all three goals in the game because it was an own goal they gave up in the uh, second half. But they win 2-1. to one. They're going to take on Phoenix Sunday night here in Tampa Bay at Outlang Stadium. That's awesome. Good for them. Um, again, it's just contagious. And, man, uh, you know, the Rays still have work to do. they got to try to get it to a Game 7. But it's been it's been an incredible ride. The Bucks look like a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown, but they look like a team that could go deep. Yep. Um, you know, they got to go to New York, then they got to play New Orleans. So, uh, Champion was crowned in Tampa Bay this weekend, too, as the Grand exactly. Prix of St. Petersburg was run Sunday. Joseph oh, Newgarden right. won the race, but Scott Dixon claimed his sixth IndyCar championship. So a dominant. He's one dominant of the greatest uh, racers ever, to be honest. Any guy on four wheels, man. Yep. Just just burning them up. That's, so it's kind of un- unique, as uh, Matt Baker told us last week, about how they uh, wrapped up the season. Normally that race is the first one of the season in March. So, But it was obviously canceled during the COVID shutdown. And the Big Ten got started. Your Michigan Wolverines took out P.J. Flex, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Yeah, that they looked really good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, Joe they're... Milton played well at quarterback for them. So it's actually yep. it's the sixth season for Jim Harbaugh. It's the first quarterback he's had start a season that he recruited. Yeah. and uh, most of them were transfers and stuff. From so. uh, on the east side of Florida, right? Yep, Pahokee, Florida, yep. Yeah, over in Pahokee. So. Yep. And if you saw the Indiana-Penn State game, that was a crazy oh, game. Oh, my goodness. And Penn State shouldn't have scored a touchdown. Indiana let them score. And, the kids and that way they get a ball back down eight, and they go down the field and end up winning the game. Knocked off Penn State. What a, what a, going, I, I liked the Indiana coach, um, 
Tom Allen. Right. In overtime, Penn State already scored the touchdown, kicks the extra point. They mm-hmm. score the touchdown, and they go for two. Mm-hmm. And he said, we've been close for years now. We keep getting close. I'm tired of being close. I want to win it. Good and, for him. And he went and for the two, it. and it was a, a very barely. close, controversial. Oh, barely, like, yeah. But, you know, he said you know, it was, a, it was the first time in 42 attempts to knock off a top 10 team. And I would always do it because, look, I mean, if you know, it's the old. If I told you, if I told you, you could gain two yards and beat uh, a rival you haven't beaten forty-two years, would you do it? Yeah, then go for it. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and, and he said, "Look, we're facing a top ten team. We have a chance to put them away here. Let's do it." Yeah, I, 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 I like the call. Although I think Todd Gurley should have been watching that game. Yeah, because for Atlanta today, he. The Lions let him go through the line. He gets to the end zone and realizes, wait a minute, I shouldn't. Tragic. But he fell in, and the Lions go down oh. and win the game. <laughs> Raheem Morris loses. His race to 11 is over. Now it's a race to 10. Yeah. Pat um, Gurley should watch some more college football. I think it would have helped him today. Yeah. He didn't play so well. Yeah. And if you're the Cowboys, you're looking for another quarterback. Oh, goodness. You might be looking for a coach. Maybe. I mean, Andy Dalton, that was a that was a pretty wicked hit. He's got a concussion for sure. Yeah. Remember when he signed? Everybody's like, "Oh, Andy Dalton, that's the best score. That's the best backup in the league, right there." Just hasn't worked out. Nothing's worked yeah. out for Dallas. And then if I you're really D- believe. Yeah. and if you're DK Metcalf, how fast are you? I you sent me that clip. I couldn't believe. First of all, I think he ran like eighty yards. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's like the dudes are standing still. That guy is big and fast. Well, and he chased like, down Baker who's fast too. I mean, Baker I think when they said really? ran a 4 he runs a 4 4 5. Yeah, he ran a 4 4 5 at the combine when, you know. And what does he run scared? 4 3 5? I mean, <laughs> think about it. You know, they're not that's the thing. They don't put like a bear behind you at the combine and chase you across the 40. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're trying to score, if you're trying to do things, you're going to run even faster. But yeah, that was there were some cool things. Great weekend in sports. Yeah, but Great it worked weekend. it worked out for the Cardinals though. They knock off the Seahawks, which can help the Bucks. Although I mean the Cardinals are now five and two, but it gives the Seahawks their first loss. So hey, every team in the NFC field. now has a loss. Yeah, every team in the NFC has a loss. So right. Remember, there's home field, so you definitely want to have the best record in the NFC, not just in your division, but you got to start there. And um, they're on a collision course with New Orleans. I'm telling you, we'll see what happens. Hey, f- remember to uh, go see our folks at Old Northeast Jewelers on Fourth Street. Of course, they've been in that St. Pete location for a while, but now now they have a brand new store. And you got to check it out. It's at 1607 West Swan Avenue in Hyde Park Village. My wife loves that place, by the way. She'd spend all day down there. And they got the uh, the beautiful Grand Seiko, of course. Um, make sure you check that out. So Tell her to pick you up keeping. one. Tell her to pick you up a Grand I Seiko. Know. Well, you know, I'm hitting a lot, heavily. I'm t- I told her to tell him Rick Stroud sent you. And she goes, well, you always send me. And I go, well, yeah, but this is different. <laughs> by the way, before we go, I just want you to know that I'm in a hotel at the Renaissance in Las Vegas, which is not, I mean, it's, you know, all the hotels are nice, but I'm not. I'm not at the Bellagio. Okay, it's a Renaissance. It's a good hotel, but the, I had a first, and I've been traveling for a while, so I ordered room service. Of course, it's the COVID era, so I mean, allow for some of this, right? Like, they, there's things that are not in your room, and there's not maid service and things like that until you check out all that. Okay, whatever. I ordered room service. It didn't come for two hours, and then the manager called me and said, "I'm going to comp it." And I was like, "All right, I don't care. I want expense, whatever." So he comped it. And then I get a phone call. I'm thinking, geez, what is it? Because you guys, two hours have gone by, and now you say you've done it, and I still don't have my food. And it was somebody, something outdoors that said, your food is being delivered. It's outside your door. Like a recording. I'm thinking, well, that's odd. And I go out there, and a robot, I kid you not, a robot brought me my room service. 
like a robot, like R two D two. Like he, the 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 food was in this container. You open it up and you pull it out and pull the bag out. And the, I thought, you got to be kidding me! Like, this is so weird. It was kind of kind of cool, but at the same time, a little creepy. <laughs> and I had money in my hand, but I'm like, I ain't gonna tip no robot. Like I. There's, first of all, there's no place to put the money necessarily. But you need like a can of oil or something. Give it. Yeah, like what does a robot need? <laughs> like, hey, uh, watch out for those zombies. Like, what are you gonna say? Like, I, I felt like Will, you know, it's like Will Smith or something. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> AI. They got the order right, so I don't know if the robot had anything to do with that. And he just motored himself back down the elevator. I don't know how you can push buttons. By the way, you gotta push buttons in the elevator to get down. Get down. I didn't see any arms. I don't think he had any arms. That was a first for me. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk to Bruce Arians, of course, later today. Get the latest on uh, if anybody got nicked up or banged up or uh, just how excited he is to go play the New York Giants next Monday night. Tampa Bay fans, go crazy. You've got a baseball team trying to win a World Series on Tuesday, Game 6. Uh, you've got, of course, the Stanley Cup champions are watching this and having fun with it, and then the Bucks, uh, you know, are five and two, so that's not a bad, bad thing to be. Maybe, maybe I don't want to say it. Maybe you can have nice things. Anyway, thanks for listening again for Steve Burstink. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 